and welcome to a special episode of I Heart Geek. Yeah, we I I these are fun. I I get to meet somebody new today and I'm excited about it. But because this is the connection through Satomi, I'm dubbed Satomi. Satomi, do you want to do our introduction, please? I would love to do our introduction because this person is not new to me, but he is very dear to me. Ladies and gentlemen, today in our virtual studio, we have Mr. John Paynes. And I'm going to look at my list because I can't remember all the things that he does. Everything. Because he does Jesus. everything. Um, <laughs> I saw his IMDb. He does everything. Oh everything. <laughs> he is a producer, director, screenwriter, cinematographer, editor, actor. He's an award winner. He's a photographer. Photographer. He's a geek rock star. And now he is an author whose debut novel, Blue Upstate, is uh, being released today as we are recording this episode. And I'm so excited to have him on the show. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for joining um, us today, John. We appreciate it. No, it's, it, I, listen, it's, uh, this is great. It's my pleasure. Yeah, just don't ever go into podcasting because you do everything. And I feel like you'd take that over too. And there wouldn't be any market left for us. <laughs> We'd have to be guests on your podcast. I'm going to just go by the John Payne's podcast URL. Right <laughs> now. I should not have admitted that. Dang it. Anything. Dang it. Dang I'll it. give you the 10% of nothing that I'm doing. That's about what you get from us too. So it works. All right. Cool. 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 So I think what I want to hit first is um, you have a book that's releasing today. Um, I know marketing for a book is the hardest thing in the world, harder than a movie or anything else. Um, tell us about your book first off. What is, what is it about? I, I got to skim through a lot of it, but it's pretty cool. Um, what is it? Uh, so it follows, to, you know, I, I, I don't have an elevator pitch, which is just awful <laughs> um, because I'm just terrible at them. And people are like, hey, what's your movie about it? Uh, <laughs> I don't, fit in with us I then. have no idea um there's a person in it and she's great <laughs> that, that's it that's as far as i know um and so uh oh, sorry i'm gonna get too close to the mic um blue upstate is about these two guys who uh end up uh working for the mob uh the queen's mob by you know by just strange circumstances and they end up becoming these uh, problem solvers for them. Uh, and they try really hard not to be, uh, you know, to stay away from violence and, and stuff because there are easier ways to fix problems. And and, um, and all of a sudden they get uh, wrapped up in this uh, money laundering uh, thing. And I, if I say too much, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give it away. But um, yeah. yeah, but, um, but yeah, they've got to, they've got to work together to get, uh, friend of uh, so it's Hal and this guy John and, and Hal's buddy ends up running this scheme for the mob and and then they want to kill him in the end and, and so Hal and John have got to save him and this guy Alex and his friend. Oh, so yeah. is this like an action adventure type book? So it's a it's a crime action comedy. I mean, there's yes. funny there's funny yeah. parts in it, you know, um, but. There's also a lot of violence, you know, so I, I don't want to say that it's like, it's fun, kind of, but then all these people die and it's, it's awful, but it's funny, you know, and. Well, uh, <laughs> well I, I didn't want to skim it because I 
do love to read when I have time to, and I have started the book and I've, um, I've started getting into the meat of it. And one of the things that I love, I'm, I'm already knowing that I can highly recommend this book, A, because I'm familiar with your work, B, because already reading this, it's such a like suck you inner yeah. kind of, kind of novel. Your characters are hilarious, are so, so human. And that's, you know, where so much of that hilarity comes from. And what I love is because you're a filmmaker, it reads like a, like a film that's in your head. You can already see, like I like people need to start optioning this book now. Actually, maybe we can talk later. Um, <laughs> not that I would know what to do with it, but you know, I've but heard that. Still, that's, that's the it's way. A thing. You, you know, you make money in Hollywood. Um, says, but, the, says the person from New York. It's awesome. well, yeah, you know, uh, originally from California. Originally from California, um, but it is just—it's already a delight from page one and it just reads it reads as smart and intelligent but it's also a very easy yeah he's the wrong word but you just you you can take it in and you can be in that world right away and I think that's one of the things that I love about how you write because you write with such scope these worlds are so fleshed out so for instance uh blue up state already has uh two it's a trilogy correct um so it was originally supposed to be a, a trilogy, and uh, and I and I wrote the second book, and it ended up being uh, way too long, and so I broke that up into two books. So right now it's four books, but I, I just started the fourth, and and if it goes the route of the second, then it'll be five books. But it, it <laughs> so it's yeah, like I mean, a, it's like a Harry Potter. It's like it's one book, but it split into two parts. Yeah, I I just I. <laughs> I, when I first started writing, I tried to figure out what the uh, sweet spot uh, word count wise was for crime books. And it was mm -hmm. somewhere between 90 and 110 and 110,000. And uh, the first draft ended up coming in at uh, just under 90,000. I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is great. And, <clears throat> um, and then I handed it off to a beta reader who gave me some great advice. And it ended up... Uh, adding another 60,000 words to the, to the book. Um, and so I, I was like, 150,000 is good. I, I got to keep it there. But then book two, just it just blew up because the, the story, so, so much had to be explained. Um, you know, it, and it takes place directly after the first book. So you, you're, you're building on that and then uh, the new ad adventure, and and then you're setting up for for potential sequels and all. So it's a it's, it was a lot. And after I wrote it, I, I was like, nobody's going to read it. Uh, you know, an 800 page uh, book <laughs> by this by this guy. I mean, my friends aren't even going to read. It. So, you know, I was like, I, I, I was like, oh, let's cut it into smaller bite size smaller books. And and yeah. uh, and so it it just ended up working that it, it could do that because the, the second book ends off on a nice cliffhanger and, and then it goes straight into uh, yeah. book threes. And not not for nothing, but we know a lot of uh, voice actors that would love to do an audiobook of this. Just mm -hmm. FYI, just say talk to me later on that. We have some people. <laughs> you know, I did um I I, I got a, a podcast to who does a writer Wednesday where they share two minutes of a writer reading an excerpt of their of their book and and so i was lucky enough to get to get onto this uh um <clears throat> this podcast 
and uh, and so I had to sit here and read two minutes of my book, and 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 you know it's it's summer, and I'm and I had to close all the windows, so I'm oh. sitting over here, and and as I'm reading it, my face is drenched, <laughs> and and I and I and I keep screwing up the lines, and then I'm I'm missing words as I'm reading it. I'm like, what's wrong? What the hell's wrong with me? <clears throat> so exhaustion. It was so it, bizarre. It is. It's, that's why a lot of um, writers don't read their own books when they do that because it is. It's a different skill set. Yeah, it's it's stressful. And I'm also I'm also trying to just get to the as I'm vocalizing it. I'm just trying to get to the point. And I and then I'm like, wait, wait. The way that I said that, maybe that's how I should have written it. And I was like, no, forget it. I'm not gonna keep it on the script. <laughs> editing. Oh, oh my, it's oh. All, just awful. Oh, oh so, God. Now, yeah. how is how is writing a book for in your experience? Mm. This is actually sort of a two prong question. A, how is it different from writing a film um, or or a, an episodic, which you've also written? Um, but also, didn't this start out as a project where you were reading you were writing live? Didn't you didn't you live stream writing? No, that, that a was a, that was a different script. And that was that was okay. specifically for COVID. I was like, I, oh. I need to, um, I had just gotten, um, in August of 2019, I hurt my back. And so in December of that year, I had surgery and then COVID hit. So I had been in bed for oh. eight months or, or whatever it was. And I was like, I need to do something. And so I started writing a script on stream um, that was about a virus. And I was just like, you know, just because this is what we're living, why not just have some fun with it? And so I wrote a comedy drama about it, about that. And people being locked down in, in, a, in an apartment building that- um, None with of a us much know what worse, that's like. No. Yeah, <laughs> with a much worse virus. So, you know, um, but yeah. Um, writing a, I mean, writing a script is, you're getting to the point of whatever, you want your audience to see very quickly yeah. I mean, because your, your page count reads as your runtime. And so, um, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to bog down your, um, your script with a lot of description. You just want to get to the, get to the, the point. point. Yeah. And, and so um, writing a book is, is, uh, you know, blew up state was originally a screenplay and um I'm reading the script and I'm like, all right, this is where I can start. And then I'm like, holy cow, I've got to, I really have to explain everything so that the reader has a clear idea of, of what mm -hmm. is happening. And then, you know, your character development is, is uh, for me, it was mostly in uh, dialogue. And, and, and so then now all of a sudden, every, every moment has its own, uh, pace and humor and, and action and, and so then you know you don't want to be over expositional and, and I mean it, it's it's night and day and so um, it was uh, uh, it, once I started I, I couldn't I couldn't stop right yeah I mean that, that happens with scripts too I you know I, I write first drafts very very quickly um, and uh, the first draft of the book was, I mean, it was maybe three months um, of, of, of solid, you know, writing. And this was pre-pandemic. This was, you know, pre-back problem and everything. I, we were uh, attempting to make a movie called 
see you next week and um, and tried to do a fundraising uh, campaign for it and it failed spectacularly. It happens <laughs> a lot. Yeah, this was this was like like you know like like Hindenburg. <laughs> and so uh after you know and we were we were the film was cast and we found our locations and things were amazing we really you know this was this was going to be the follow-up to the second movie that we made and uh it was just terrible and so my my girlfriend was was like i mean i was i was i was in a bad spot and so my girlfriend was like well why don't you just write a novel i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> No, I'll just write a novel. Yeah, I'll just do so that. So easy. And she's like, take one of your old screenplays. And I was like, this is so stupid. You know? <laughs> and so the next day I started writing the, the book. And um, uh, yeah, it, I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't stop. Because if I, I had, there was a wide open creative, uh, you know, like building a new universe. Yeah. And, um, and And that's just... It's just exciting. So let me ask you, as a as a writer, because you're saying you have to go back to these works after you've done this like great stream of consciousness. How do you put your brain back in that world? By that by, re, by rereading what you wrote, it, it's it, it actually came very uh, very quickly. Um, you know, I, so I, I actually oh I do. Have a iPod with a, a playlist of all of the music that I um, concoct scenes to. Wait, I have and to back. I have to back you up for a second. Yeah. You have an iPod? Hell yeah! <laughs> and, uh, I, I have a disc. Let me shut up. <laughs> Let me see. Um, yeah, so there's seventy three. There's seventy three track here. Um, there's seventy three tracks in there that. Uh, that all pertain to a different scene that was in my head um, for uh, for the for the actually not for the first book but for the second and the third and the, and the fourth books. Is that um, chicken egg question? Yeah. Do you do you kind of have a feel for what the scene is, and then you find the song, or does does the song just start playing in your head when you're thinking song, about what happens? Yeah, song oh. starts playing, and then I'm just like, oh. You know, and, and it's just, it, you know, it's a music video in your head. It's not dialogue, yeah. it's action, and, and it, or it's some inciting incident or something. And, and all of a sudden, the music fits the beats of the pace of the scene. And, and then, uh, and then you, you just, I mean, there's, there's a, some playlists on there that are, that are so old from, from books and movie ideas you know, that I've listened to a thousand times and then all of a sudden I'll have taken a break from it and listen again and I'll think of a better way to fix the scene. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's primarily how I, like, um, the second book started off as a teaser trailer for a television show. So I'd always pictured Blue Upstate and the, and the other books to be a series. Um, but the second book, I listened to Imagine Dragons uh, Believer. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I had the beginning and end of the book two, which is two and three, um, already mapped out. And I, 
I mean, I don't know how that happened, but I listened to it on loop over and over again. That is amazing how that works. It was crazy. And so um, once I have a beginning and an end, uh, I just start writing because then everything in the middle, I, I just, I just, it comes as I'm writing. Um, hmm. So there's no plot, plotting or anything like that. It sounds like it comes very natural to you. I don't know why. <laughs> I, but, I mean, it does, but I, I couldn't tell you why. I, I yeah. know people struggle with this uh, a lot, and, and, I, and I do struggle with it. I mean, I've, got, I, I've had the fourth book open in front of me for a while, and I know where I want everything to be. You haven't found the right song yet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to move away from books for a second. And I want to, the thing actually that impressed me the most with all this stuff that I, when I went through, when I did my Google search for you, was your Instagram. Your eye is... And I, I usually hate Instagram photos. 90% of the time, tell me, tell me, look at your Instagram. I won't because I don't like it. What you do is amazing. It's it really, you feel like you're looking at a classical piece that you would see in a museum. And it's, and this isn't blowing smoke up your butt. This is, oh, I, I really, you just have a, just a really, I want to say bizarre eye. It is just, and it's, it just hits you in a really weird place. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to actually kind of learn a little bit about how do you find, how do you find these shots? Cause I mean, it's just like a skyscraper. I'm like, okay, it's a skyscraper, but you just do something that's so fascinating when I look at it. Honest. I, you know, I, as I'm, so When I used to do uh, cinematography stuff, it was always looking for the best way to shoot something um, both economically and stylistically, uh, especially if we weren't, if we didn't have time for, Mm -hmm. and so just as you're like a a buddy of mine, while we were um, shooting four bottles, so the cinematographer who was shooting the the film we made four bottles, would look at the skyline or windows or whatever, and he would point them out and he'd be like, look at the lighting. And um, and then he would try and tell me how you would recreate that if it wasn't naturally happening. Mm-hmm. I've just found that fascinating. So then I started looking at, at things a little differently. And when I came upon a scene that just happened to have a, you know, was, would be perfectly framed, I'd take a couple of photos and see what I could do with it with the, with the app and everything. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, it, it, it's mostly luck, to be honest. I, I, don't, I don't set out to, to find these things, and I just have my phone with me all the time. And so, you know, I haven't taken many photos over the last uh, year and a half or so. But before that, I was taking, whenever I left the house, I was taking photos. And so, mm-hmm. If I had, if I got one out of fifty shots over the course of a day that worked, I was, I mean, you know, yeah. But that's what you want. I mean, they're not all going to be great, but you get that one. That, I mean, it's awesome. I think. I mean, I I own a couple of your pieces, and um, they. Uh, I think something that makes it so special because you know there are all of these online. Let me teach you how to take great photographs courses out there and every you know everybody's an artist with their iphone right now however 
There is a level. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. I, I sound air, so snobby massive, right now. I know. No, but yeah. massive air quotes in everybody <laughs> is an artist. Um, because every everybody can take a great picture. But um, I think it's because it is filtered through the eye of John Paynes. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an element First of all, there's an element of you in there. And I, there's, there's, to me, there's always been something that's been just so, um, just so attractive about you and about your energy and about the way you see the world. And um, when you shoot and the, the pictures that come out without sticking it in your face, which I think a lot of people try to do. Yeah. Um, it tell every shot that you choose tells a story and it's one that is malleable enough that it's that it can be um deeply personal to whoever is looking at it in their own way like it leaves enough of a window where um i mean like the pieces that i own it's like i i instantly could start just babbling a story to you about what is happening in that photo or what has happened in that place before and that's something that I I don't think can be taught. Yeah, that's where we're talking intrinsic talent. That's where we're talking something that's coming from like the soul of the per of the person who's behind the lens. Um, so, listeners, if you get a chance, I do recommend that you check out his his Insta and those um, those shots are available for purchase. I John did not ask me to say any of this. I am saying it because I just truly believe that not believe i know that he's an incredibly gifted artist mm-hmm. um i mean it's ridiculous i want to smack him sometimes because it's like you write <laughs> like a monster you you know his his screenplays i've had the privilege of reading some of um his other screenplays and especially for our geek rock stars out there we need to put it out in the universe there's one particular series that would it's a massive multi-million dollar sci-fi like I can't even say like other world mm-hmm. extravaganza that needs to be seen. This um, gets sent to me. I want to. I want to read this. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send her. I'll send her so that she can send it. It's called Black Tie. That. I think yeah. that's what you're. T- or you're talking yeah. about the difference between. I know that's the, the the Dream Bureau. Oh gosh. Is it, uh, it was it was black tie that I was that I was referencing. Yeah. Um, but then there was there was another one that was also there. John is also prolific, and um, I have yet to read a script that I wasn't like, I would like to be in this. I know there's not a part for me in every single one, but, you know, I will play. But you'll make one. The floor <laughs> lamp on the left, because this is so stinking good. So You play a good floor lamp. Thank you. You're welcome. I will shine for you. No, I love you. Oh, I can God. play a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Can you play a goat? Daddy. Um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm a horrible person, I know. Uh, so, yeah, you are really prolific would be the right word. It seems like everything that you do, you just, you excel at it. Um, and I'm a little jealous. And as I say, you know, we haven't met each other before. And, you know, I got you from, I got to learn about you from a Google search and from Satomi telling me. But you seem like you've, taken the artistry to everything that you do is this a i mean is this just something you're born with is this have you just spent so much time in cinematography that you're a good director that's that you're a good cinematography with the photography or is 
or the writing? Is that what tells the story? And director? How? He, I mean, he was it all nominated. seems like it really flows. It really flows well together. <laughs> You're so excited. I that am. I really am. The mic. <laughs> what did well, that Deborah, mic ever I, do to you, Deb? <laughs> I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, this very flattering. Thank you. Um, but I, I don't. Um, I don't mean yeah, to embarrass you. I apologize well, if I did. Well, I, don't, I don't know how to answer that question. Uh, um, well, instead of the why, why don't we talk about some of your projects that have yeah. garnered some attention? Sure. So, for instance, uh, 5 a.m. one, oh. which, uh, and I'm, unfortunately, I don't know why I didn't write it down. Which award did 5 a.m. win? No, I don't think, it just got, it just, uh, it was just the first thing that we did. It didn't win oh, gotcha. anything. Um, we, it's really cool, by the way. It's a it's a short yeah. about clones. Yeah. Um, no, that was a that was just a a, a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> uh, but uh, yeah, we got into the Soho uh, Film Festival, which was nice. We got into Hoboken, um, and then uh, shortly after, I thought, "Hey, I, I peaked, and I'm just going to quit." <laughs> um because you know wait that was really, yeah. that was your first was that your or was that one or eight for vegas really the first so eight for vegas project? was our first uh, julie system and, and my uh our first uh, project it was a web series that we did um about a pool league and then uh i shot a project for this guy stephen bittrich called uh off off about off off broadway uh, productions <clears throat> and then he put me in touch with this guy uh mark palmieri who i know that name uh, oh yeah yes yeah, i don't know why but i know that name um and and he and i and and a bunch of other people made a web series called the thing and while we were making the thing uh i had all this camera equipment and i wasn't using it and i was like i gotta i gotta make something with this and so i was living in a different apartment and i said I need to make the most complicated uh, short film that I can make just by myself. And so the clone idea came about. And so, you know, I, I set up the camera and filmed myself. And then I'd have to look at the footage to see how out of focus it was in. And, um, and then Julie came in and helped me with a couple of scenes. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, we got, into, we got into a couple of film festivals, which was great. It's very um, cool. It's very cool. Yeah, and then, of course... It was a lot of fun. And then, of course, you and I met on Untitled Zombie Project. Uh, yeah, because of Kelly, Kelly Grant. And I need Kelly to see Grant. that one. Yeah. It's, that one is delightful. That was a pilot for um, what would be a reality TV in a, in a not quite post-apocalyptic. It's like we've, we've it's had the It's a zombies. mockumentary, and I love mockumentaries. Yeah, it's a mockumentary. That's my it's definitely a mockumentary. Exactly. Um, and there's not really yeah. zombies? No, they're, they're definitely zombies. Yeah, <laughs> but it's about a it's about a producer director team who has an idea for a TV show um, where a group of people live in a house that's surrounded by zombies and they have to survive for thirty days, and then they win prize money. I'm in. I'm it in. was it was such a it was such a fun like it could have it could have done really. Uh, really well but um you know it just didn't it just didn't go anywhere is that up anywhere yeah yeah it's on my vimeo it's on my okay. vimeo page yeah um 
And, uh, and so the running joke is that uh, in this world, um, zombie entertainment is at such a high that there are no more titles that they can use. And so it's called Untitled Zombie Project because they can't find a title. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I had met Kelly uh, in 2011 or so. Or I, I saw her in a short play or 2012. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had cast her in a part in Zombie Project. And I said, I need a person for this. And it's got to be funny and the comedic timing. And she said, well, so tell me Hoffman, who I, who I work with. And, uh, and that's how we met. And that's how we met. Aww. And I was fortunate enough to go on to um, to be in his next two film projects. The first was Stuck, which was nominated, uh, where John was nominated for Best Actor at the Soho International Film Festival. And he also received the Carbon Award for the Most Creative Filmmaker. Yeah, that was, that was a yes. bit of a shock. <laughs> so. And that's a, that's a wonderful wonderful feel-good film. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Stuck? Sure. Um, so Stuck is about this guy who has agoraphobia and he hasn't left his home in, in two years uh, after a, after a, a, a mugging and uh, his, his wife ends up uh, getting killed. And so he's, uh, he's, he's just, he's a wreck and he doesn't leave the house. And, um, but it's funny. It is funny. I mean, it, I know, I know. It's wow. so stupid to say it like I was like, that. I was like all down on my like, like yeah. downer movie. But I mean, you know, it's like, it's about this, we're way past the tragedy part. You know, it still affects him, but it's still a problem. And he, and he gets a new therapist who um, challenges him to leave his house in, in 30 days. And so it's that 30 days, um, that's that's the, uh, that arc of the, of the film. And, um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a it was a lot of fun to make. Um, you know, we had no money and we made we shot it for seven thousand dollars and um, and uh, yeah, I didn't have I, you know I hadn't originally wanted to play the lead, um, but we couldn't afford to pay anybody and it was being shot in my apartment and the character is me because I suffered with agoraphobia for for about a year. Um, and so I just decided to, to, to play the part, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was awesome. And it was awesome to be a part of. And then of course, well, you were great. I want to hit the four bottles. I got to, I got to skip through that today. Well, let's, (laughs) let's, let's talk four bottles real quick, which was the, uh, audience choice award winner of the art of Brooklyn film festival. Um, so now this one went a very different direction than stuck. Yeah, well, you know, we had a little bit more money, um, but also uh, uh, Julie and I had been passing a bunch of articles back and forth about the disparity of uh, strong female leads. And, and I thought, well, we, you know, we should just do that. And, and, um, so I, I wrote out the script, the, the first draft in, in I had come up with the idea while we were shooting pickups um, for Stuck, and I was with Galit Sperling, who was in, uh, who played the wife in Stuck, and um, uh, Vicky, who was our, our assistant. Um, we were driving out to um, 
uh, Coney Island to pick, do these pickups. And I said, I, you know, I've got this idea and it's called, and I, writing for budget, you, you're kind of like, how, how do I make this, the, I mean, obviously, how do I make this the cheapest I, I can make it, but also not for the audience and stuff yeah. being contained is, you know, is a different kind of mood, but you can only do that. You can really only do that once. And so I was trying to figure out how, how to make a unique comedy drama um, with a very little money. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'd come up with an idea uh, where this person goes to four different apartments and, and drinks, you know, from four different, you know, bottles and so four bottles. And, and, and that's all I had. And uh, I said, you know, to Galit, because uh, she had a role in Zombie Project and she had a role in Stuck and she had no lines. And I was like, I, I got to get you some, I got to get you some, you know, some lines because I know you're a great actress. And so I, I wrote the first draft in two days. And this was about the time uh, that black that I had written Black Tie. And I really had hoped, I mean, naively, but I had really had hoped that we were going to move from $7,000 to $7 million, you know, because Black Tie <laughs> is this massive uh, uh, story that you know, has a lot of effects in it. And, 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 um, and Julie and I were like, well, we're going to concentrate on this, but we like four bottles, so what do you want to do with it? And I had met a producer-director team at Soho, and I said, I think we should give it to them. It was two, oh, Annette and Jenny. And uh, and they had a short that made it into the festival and they're good filmmakers. And I was like, I think this would be great for them and we can help them make it, you know, produce it and, and whatever. And so I wrote the opening, uh, you know, I wrote the first draft and, and, uh, and I came very quickly and I handed it off to them and they said uh, that they wanted to concentrate on their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so Julie and I, uh, went to a bar and we were talking about it and said, let's just make it because black tie is just way out of the, out of range. I love how you guys just are like, let's, let's just make it. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, but that's, that's, you know, there, there were at the time, I'm sure it's still happening now, but at the time we were meeting so many actors who couldn't find any work that were just, making their own stuff just so that one they were keeping busy but two to show people what they were uh you know yeah what they what they could do mm-hmm. i know there's well, a better way of saying that so something that i, th- I think is really interesting about about the four bottles movie is when you see the lighting and you see the cinematography it does not look budget which kind of throws you off i'm like this is definitely an indie movie but it doesn't feel like an indie movie because and I think that that can, I don't know if that drew a confusion or not, but it's like, this feels like it's big budget. Why haven't I seen this movie yet? Yeah. Because just because the, I don't know, it's just probably because your expertise, you can, um, you see the shots a little better, but it was definitely did was not budget looking, which I think is, you know, that is the opposite of Kevin Smith. I think that was a fantastic right. choice. Thanks. Um, there, you know, there's a couple of technology has really come a long way in regards to. Um, oh yeah. I mean, camera uh, quality, uh, image mm-hmm. quality. Um, Martin Capron, who uh, was the um, cinematographer. Uh, I mean, he just knows he just knows what he's doing. 
you know, he's, he's been doing it for a long time. And, uh, and we met on a short film called Sketch and got along. And I told him about the movie and he had downtime and he said he'd, he'd shoot it. So we used, uh, I think we used Canon C300s uh, with some great uh, Zeiss lenses. And, um, and, you know, we had a Brian Saxon, who was one of the producers, uh, has a one-ton truck, you know, of lighting equipment. Oh, wow, he, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we were, and he's a friend of Julie's. I mean, we were very fortunate. And then we had good locations and that always helps for, you know, so you're not like killing yourself in regards to production design. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, yeah, a lot of just things just came together. And now hearing you talk about the cameras and hearing you talk about the equipment, um, I, I sense a little bit of geeking out over it. <laughs> Anything you obsess over is geek. <laughs> oh man, I, I mean, I, you know, when I was shooting, uh, and, and I was mostly shooting with a, a Canon 7D uh, for the web series and, and stuff like that. But you still, regardless of whatever you're shooting with, you still have to solve those production problems. I mean, the camera's not, you know, camera's going to make everything. I, I think it was Hitchcock who said that my camera's not going to lie. Uh, you know, you sure. could have the best camera in the world, yeah. but if you don't like that scene correctly, it's still going to look like crap. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so I, the stuff that was coming out back then, you, you could get a C100, uh, a Canon C100 for $4,000 or something mm -hmm. like that. But you you could shoot reality TV with that. I right. mean, like it was, it was, and this was before 4K and it was, you know, it was like, yeah. it, it was crazy that that's something that was, you know, that's this big, that the brain is this big could be, you know, you could have a dozen of them so that you could shoot multi-camera television shows. Right. I, that to me was, it was nuts. And so I had a buddy who had a C300 and it was sitting in his, in his apartment. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, yeah, you can, you can, you can borrow it. And we used, we rented a second camera so that because our production schedule was so tight so that we could do some double, double coverage. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, it was it was it was great, but they're they're fantastic. I mean, you could you could shoot a feature film on a eight or nine year old, you know, solid 1080 camera right now. I mean, Netflix and 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 other streaming services want 4K quality, you know, right. or yeah, you know, and so you know, that bumping up from 1080 to 4K might be a, a huge problem, but you know, you can it's still possible. do it. It's possible. Well, let's talk a little bit about, because we are iHeartGeek and we do love our geekdoms and whatever you geek out about, of course, is considered a geekdom. So for instance, we just got to listen to John geek out about camera Cameras. equipment for a minute there. Yeah. Um, what are your other, what are your other favorite geekdoms? Are there any that have inspired some of your writing that you've taken cues from? I know you and I have talked about the Whedonverse quite a bit. Sure. Um, but uh, I, you mentioned a while ago that you're into comics as well. What are your, what are your comic geekdoms? I, I mean, I was a big comic. This is going back a long time ago. I don't have the money for, for comics anymore. But I, <laughs> I had a massive, massive. My dad got me into collecting them. I had a massive uh, collection that I had to uh, get rid of because uh, I've been. After oh. he passed away, I've been. I it hurt 
but it, I, I had been carting around about 10,000 comics <gasps> uh, for, for over a decade after he passed away, and I, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, what would you say was your most valuable? No, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I had, like, I, I still have an X-Men three, number three. It's not in the greatest quality, but I I have it, you know, I had, I had plenty of, of stuff and the, and the guy who bought it knew he was getting a deal. But if I had that collection now with the uh, grading that they're doing, Mm -hmm. um, it'd be worth it. It'd be worth a small fortune. Um, but you're also spending a fortune just to get them graded. I, yeah, it, to, to I get it's it. just not worth it. But I, you know, he he got my dad got me on that on that path of of um, of comics, and I that's where I went to school for uh, at school of visual arts was to become a comic book illustrator. Really? Yeah. So let let me ask you this question because it sounds like you're more interested in the um, the stories than the the value. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I, with with that being said, what do you, what do you think about the uh, move to everything moving to digital? And it's, nothing's valuable, but you at least get the stories now. And I'm a big yeah. fan of it because I don't I can't cart around a hundred long boxes anymore. I'm I just can't do that. What's your thoughts on it moving to digital? Well, yeah. I I mean, you know, first off, we have a finite amount of trees. <laughs> um, you know, and and the uh, the, the way I mean I, I'm not going to get into any of that, but I I don't I I don't I I think it's great. I think as long as everybody's getting their fair share, I don't really care what the medium is and how mm-hmm. I'm reading it. Um, as long as the creators are, are getting their uh, their their money. Oh, they're right. doing better than they used to do. <laughs> yeah. Are they really? So, oh yeah. And so, um, you know, I still have all my, uh, you know, I, I couldn't get rid of graphic. I got rid of comics, but I had a, just a massive collection of graphic novels. And I was like, how much would it cost for me to get these again if I sell them now when I might want them in the future? And the number was ridiculous. And I was yeah. like, I just have to keep these. Mm-hmm. So paper, reading paper, I, I mean, is, is, is great. You know, but like the um, I'm dying to get the gallery edition of uh, the Dark Knight Returns. I don't know if you've. It's a massive. It's It's about that thick. Yeah. I'm dying. I'm dying to get it, and it's and it it's printed the size of the original art. Mm -hmm. That's not something you can experience digitally. No. But if I wanted to just read the Dark Knight Returns, I would be happy to just read yeah. it on my iPad or, or whatever. So yeah, I don't, I, I, as long as everybody's getting getting their money. Um, yeah. So since you brought up the graphic novel thing, I feel like I can learn a lot about somebody with this question. What are your three favorite graphic novels? Oh, um, so, okay. I have a <laughs> favorite and best are two different things right because Mm -hmm. the best are are going to be Watchmen and the Dark Knight Returns from hell is up there you know but really okay but if if you're asking me just my personal favorites my personal favorites you know 
hard boiled is one of the best things I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It is uh, Geoff Darrow's uh, work is is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Forget the take the story out completely. I could look at that guy's artwork for the rest of my life and just be amazed. Um, let's see. Dave McKeon's Cages is awesome. You're pulling some deep cuts. Outstanding. That 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 series is is just to go from Sandman to to Signal to Noise to you know um, Arkham Asylum, um, which is for me the best thing that's ever been. Uh, uh, that would be my third is Arkham Asylum. Um, yeah, his work is is you know he's the only artist I've got left that I'm dying to own an original piece by. Um, I think. Maybe him and, and Jeff Jones. I mean, I don't own a Miller piece, but I'll, I don't think I'll ever own a Miller piece. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. McKeon is is yeah. He's hit him and so there's so Miller went from Daredevil to to Ronin, which was a huge leap in style, to Dark Knight Returns, and then reinvents himself again with Sin City. Which McKeon is fantastic. This, it's him. It's un, his his leaps are just they're they're, they're unbelievable. McKeon went from um, you know Sandman and and all, and then all of a sudden he made this he made this leap to Cages that was just you know it was slight. It was slight, but it was definitely an evolutionary leap, and it's it's gorgeous. Uh, but but Arkham Asylum is is. Uh, the pinnacle for me of, yeah. of, uh, of comic book uh, art. So you got some great taste. That's outstanding. Thank so you. let me ask you one more question and then we'll wrap up. Okay. And as, as, as a filmmaker, I want to ask you this. If you could take any comic book story ever, what would you want to be the one that, that could take it to screen? Oh which one? Would, which one? I don't know. I, I mean, if I could take it to small screen count. Sure. Electra Assassin. Oh, would be the, but I mean, you're talking about like the budget of both a Marvel budget and and Infinity. (laughs) I mean, just to because it's such a oh my god that that series is is just you know that's the second it goes Arkham Asylum and then Zinkevich's work on. yeah. On Electro Assassin is just it's just perfection. Outstanding. Okay, we're we're just about out of time. So um real quick before we get out of here, let us know how do people find all your work because I have a feeling that people are gonna start checking out your work on some of this that haven't found right. you before. Uh, yeah, um Instagram, it's at styles jp S-T-I-L-E-S-J-P. Uh Twitter is just J J Pains. Um my website is wordsfromhere.com. Oh, that's a good, and, good, uh, good one. I like yeah. that. Yeah. It was used to be a, uh, Words From Here used to be a site for screenwriters after the first Project Greenlight happened. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah. And then um, Vimeo, it's Vimeo slash JP for, I mean, Four Bottles is up there and Stuck is up there. 5 a.m. is up there. And how do we find your project. book? Um, I, I think I've got a, uh, a uh, special, I think it's Amazon.com slash John Paynes, I think. Ooh. With, with a Z, correct? 
P-A-I-N-Z. Yes. Yeah. With the Z. I'm wondering. No, that's not it. <laughs> oh, that wasn't it? Okay, never mind. Well, we'll make sure no. that we post it. Yeah, but it's but it's definitely a, I mean, you can just look up Blue Up State. I'm the only John Payne's on the internet. So, um, yeah. You can probably just... Yeah, look, look in the description. I will have all of these up in it. And thank you so much for your time, John. This has been fascinating. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Until thanks. next time. Until yeah, next time. Yeah, I mean, I'm thanks. Dub. Here with Satomi and John. Keep on geeking on, guys. You have been listening to the latest episode of the iHeart Geek Show. Make sure you visit our website at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you check us out on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And keep on geeking on to all of you geek rock stars.